you gotta just trust what you're doing, knowing that this is the best option that I think, and even though there's seven different ways to do this, that you gotta make a decision at some point. You know, you gotta pick a logo, you gotta pick a brand, you gotta pick colors for the paint, you gotta just like make it happen. That was Anne Malone. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, thanks for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. I'm your host, Marnie Sala. I am super excited to dial you in to this week's guest. Since the age of 16, Anne Malum has logged thousands of miles running with purpose. Running for sport and athleticism, confidence and empowerment, fun and joy, with 12 marathons in the books. She has been running and building two incredibly successful companies. Back on My Feet, a nonprofit organization she founded in Philadelphia in 2007 that uses the power of running to change the way those experiencing homelessness see themselves so they can make real change in their lives. She is also the founder, owner, and CEO of SolidCore, one of the fastest growing boutique fitness companies, which she founded in Washington, D.C. in 2013. Since its inception, there are more than 57 locations nationwide and over 100,000 clients, including Michelle Obama. Anne has been on track for success in all aspects of her life for over a decade. But this summer, a devastatingly serious jet skiing accident resulting in a compound femur fracture, temporarily set her back. And I say temporarily because within three weeks of being in the hospital, she signed up for the DC Rock and Roll Marathon taking place on March 28, 2020. Her boyfriend and friends offered to run with her, and when Lululemon caught wind of her running comeback, they offered to pitch in and pay for 10 spots for individuals that wanted to run who were also facing challenges and adversity and wanted to join in the solid core mission of Stronger Together. Solid Core is now sponsoring 30 spots. And when we recorded this podcast, there were already over 250 people that had signed up for the half or full distance as part of the solid core team. On this episode, we talk about Anne's long-standing relationship with running and how this incredible sport has weathered her through challenges and successes in life. We discuss the inspiration behind Solid Core and Back on My Feet. Anne shares what happened to her in the accident this summer and how she has once again turned to running to help mentally and physically get her back on her feet. It's a super inspiring and fun conversation. Solid Core is by far one of the best classes I have taken in years. It's the perfect mix of core, strength, and cardio, and an excellent addition to any kind of fitness and training. Solid Core is offering my listeners $5 off an intro New York City three-pack 
Just use the code on the move five upon checkout and head over to the studio in one of their New York City locations. I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy. Just go over to the Apple app, scroll through the Money on the Move podcast down to the area where it says leave a review, leave a five-star review and tell us what you love. Now on to the episode. Tell me about Solid Core, what it is, where you started and when you started and where it's going. So yeah, Solid Core is a 50-minute workout. It's all low impact, light resistance, but high intensity. It's done on a, I like to call it like a cross between a Pilates reformer and a total body gym. And so it's 50 minutes of getting your muscles to failure. And what we're trying to target is these slow twitch muscle fibers. And I think a lot of people think like I used to think, which is that you have to beat your body up in order to feel like you are working it out. And it's just not true. And I think solid core is one of these workouts that's going to help to change the way that people exercise of realizing that safely working out your body with resistance, you get this cardio element where your heart is, where your body's in this fat burning zone for 50 minutes and you're also really challenging your muscles. And for a lot of, I frankly think women, because that's the majority of our population and I'm obviously a woman, right. that, you know, we're so, we have been so resistant to resistance training for so long, thinking we're going to get big and bulky. We've, uh, kind of gone toward cardio to just think that that's the way you stay thin, but cardio really doesn't shape your body. So solid core really gives you an opportunity to create this long lean muscle tone in all areas. It's again, total body workout, your arms, your legs, your glutes, your abs, your core, your, your obliques, your core, and it's different every time you come. So it's pretty impossible to, to plateau. And we started in 2013, end of 2013 in DC. So we've been around for not even six years. We've got 57 studios. I don't know when this podcast is airing, but my guess is there'll be 58 or 59 by that time. We, yeah. we are expanding a lot and it's something we're really good at. Uh, so that was where it started in DC. And how many markets are you in? We're in 14 markets right now, 14 different states. And within those states, like, D- you know, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, we call that one market. Okay. So it depends on how you define so it. So how many different states are you in? 14. Oh, yeah. which ones? Sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. You're going to really quiz me here. So D.C., Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New York, Florida, Georgia, Texas, North Dakota. Um, and that's your hometown. Yeah, it is. Uh, Bismarck. North Dakota, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan. Are you counting? I'm yeah. not counting. No, okay. I'm not counting. Okay, Michigan. <laughs> That's one of my yeah. biggest problems. That's why I need to come take class at Solid Course. So Someone I don't have counts to count. for you? Someone counts for me. Yeah. So you started back in 2013 mm-hmm. and it was just you? Yes. And you are still privately owned and operated company mm-hmm. with nearly, with over 57 studios, which is pretty incredible for a founder to still be mm-hmm. on board and being the CEO. Yeah. And as fast as you have launched your brand in the last five years, I, I you're probably one of the most savvy, smartest founders that I've encountered. We just met. There's time to debunk that. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, and before Solid Core, you were the CEO and founder of Back on My Feet, which is a not-for-profit organization around running and helping and inspiring people through running. 
Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that really stemmed from my family and personal life. You know, before back on my feet, I was I was convinced I was supposed to be an entrepreneur, like create, build, do something, and also do it with a lot of purpose. Like a lot of people, I wanted my life to make sense. And, you know, my, my dad's an addict, which I talk about a lot. He, he is totally cool with me talking about it. It's a big part of our family story. Um, my parents separated, and it was just like pretty hard on me because I had this idea of what you know, I thought my life was going to look like. And a lot of that was based off of what my family structure was and what I thought my parents' marriage represented. Um, so, so dealing with, you know, the break of their relationship and then the ever evolving relationship with my father and his addictions was complicated for me. And so, you know, 10 years sort of went by since, you know, sort of finding out my dad's uh, addictive behaviors. And I was running a lot. It's actually what gave me a lot of strength and made me feel pretty invincible and made me feel like me and was running by a homeless shelter in Philly. And just like that, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to start a running club for this homeless shelter. It just made a lot of sense for me. I began to sort of get to know the guys outside the shelter a little bit. I knew the power of running and they reminded me of my dad. And it was like all these elements that were there that just felt like the right thing to do. It took a little convincing of the shelter for them to realize that like this was a good idea, something the guys maybe wanted to do. But yeah, it was just just kind of happened. And then I got shoes for the guys. I got clothes. I put some structure behind it. And pretty soon, within a few weeks, I realized it was going to be a whole lot more than just a running club, that it actually could be the foundation for helping people change their lives and build self-sufficiency if we could get their emotional well-being right first. Did you have any entrepreneurial background before that? Like, what were you doing in Philadelphia? Yeah, I kind of. I worked for another nonprofit. I've mm-hmm. always worked in nonprofits okay. before SolidCorp. It was called the Committee of 70, and it was a political watchdog organization for the city. It was a really cool job. Like, we got to sort of be pretty, you know, bipartisan and really trying to think about, you know, how these policies or, you know, what the politicians were doing and how they really impact the people. And I created, you know, a couple events within that organization. Like, I created a race called Dash for Democracy, which was a 5K in Philadelphia around election time. And the whole theme was giving your voice legs, so people came out with whatever issue or politician they supported and it was like we were all in the same place you know running running for office so there's all these puns that worked right. really well so that was kind of my first event that I created and I loved it like I loved the creation the building the execution the whole thing and so I knew sort of I had a knack for it and then once back on my feet started I just kind of figured out like you know there's just these things in the beginning of like what do you what do you do people get stuck before they get the idea and then like well how do I execute right and that's just never that's never been hard for me. Like I am a really good in the beginning stages of something. It, it's when things get built and they have a lot of structure behind them, then I'm kind of like, okay, like time for me to go do something else. I like the hustle in the beginning. You like the hustle in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so you're good at pulling together a team and getting the right people yeah. in place to do their jobs. But in the beginning, do you kind of like pull it all together grassroots? Yeah, yeah it's totally bootstrapped. And also you you got to just trust what you're doing, knowing that this is the best option that I think. And even though there's seven different ways to do this, that you got to make a decision at some point. You know, you got to pick a logo. You got to pick a brand. You got to pick colors for the paint. You got to just like make it happen. Yeah. And a lot of people can just get stuck in all of this. What if I make the wrong decision? And I think that comes down to confidence. You know, if you're a convincing person and you 
walk in like you own the place and are really, again, just sort of have a, a story and reasons behind your decision making. I think that people want to get behind someone or a concept like that. But so when you bring in the doubts and, you know, oh, I'm not sure what, I, what I'm doing, no one really wants to jump on a ship that they're not sure is going to sail. So the, the confidence piece is just, and I think genuine confidence and also positive intent behind your confidence. You right. know, everything that I've built, I've tried to help people build a great product, great experience, community, and do the right thing. And I think that's really important to any entrepreneur who's starting out. I feel like that's a lot like running, like just having, like getting out there, doing the miles, having the confidence, doing it because you love it, doing it because you want to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I feel about running. I mean, and you said you've been running since you're a kid, 16, yeah. since you're 16. Does running fuel you for success? It seems like running is like the theme for all the businesses that you've done. I mean, it seems like they're all around running, but does it also personally fuel you for success? Yeah, there's definitely, you know, the running and the athleticism piece for sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but as you know, I was in an accident this summer, yes. so there hasn't been too much running. But yeah, I actually took a five-year break from it and it wasn't planned. It wasn't like I was over it. It was when Solid Core started and I just started to do Solid Core as my primary form of working out and just watched my body again evolve and change and got so focused on building my business and I was coaching in the studio a lot so I was you know doing a lot of walking around and doing the coaching sessions for I mean 15 hours a week plus taking class uh, so I really felt I was getting enough exercise and I would go out for smaller runs but sort of my marathoning stopped at that point and I recently picked it back up actually beginning of this year I had this outstanding goal to run a marathon every continent. And right. so Antarctica had always been the one that was just out there. I mean, the other ones I did years ago and I'm like, oh, I'll get around to Antarctica. Like it'll happen. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like this is not how I approach anything else in life. Just thinking this is going to happen. So right. let's get this, let's get this done and let's go for it. So I signed up for, yeah, that marathon in January, like almost end of January. And I had seven weeks to train for after not really running for five years and went down there and had a great time. And it was an awesome experience. So you've done 12 marathons. Yep. After five years of not running, how did, were you able to get back to your regular time for with seven weeks notice? I mean, is the running in you, in your body? Yeah, I mean, this was a very different marathon. Running in Antarctica, no one was going down there for a PR. It was most people going down there to, to do this sort of seven continents club. Okay. And the terrain is tough. I mean, the terrain that we had was really muddy. It was extremely windy and very hilly. Okay. So, you know, people were not doing these times. Like I was two hours later than my PR. Okay. And that was, most people were like an hour or two later, just depending on how they're, you know, running. At what is your marathon PR? 323. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That was back in Philly. So yeah, this marathon took me five plus hours and it was totally fine. It was back into it. And then I, and then I continued sort of running after that and was putting in my miles, trying to stay in marathon shape, thinking like, okay, maybe I'll do... Another one here in the States, a little bit flatter, a little bit more predictable weather, uh, and then started to do some shorter, you know, runs, 5Ks and stuff, wanting to do a 20-minute 5K. And then, yeah, then I got in this accident, so. Yeah, so tell me what happened. Yeah, I, it was definitely a freak accident, and I have a, a house down on the eastern shore, and it was the start of the summer, Memorial Day weekend, a bunch of my friends were down there. We were playing volleyball and there was a break in the game and my friend was like, let's go out on the jet skis. I'm like, yeah, let's definitely go do it. 
you know, there's two jet skis. I get in the water first and I sort of take off and my hat's flying off. So I stop my stop my jet ski to take off my hat. Uh, you know, I look behind me, my friend's still over by the dock and I'm just kind of hanging out on the jet ski, like fiddling around, whatever. And about 15 seconds later, it just, you know, T-boned me and ran into me. Just didn't, didn't see me for whatever reason. Uh, you know, when you're on a jet ski, like there's not really anything in the water. You're not like on a car, you know, so you can be looking off to the left and the right a little bit. Like you're not really so worried about like hitting somebody, right? Like it right. Was, obviously wasn't an intentional accident. And yeah, just kind of wasn't paying attention and ran right into my my leg. And, you know, I slid on top of his jet ski. He was going pretty fast, unfortunately, and threw me into the water and compound femur fracture. So yeah, I like swam back to my jet ski and lifted my leg out of the water as best as I could. But the the bone was sticking out and there was just massive. Did you feel it? Yeah, you feel it. You're you're in shock for sure. So yes, I was in pain, but you're also just like processing what just happened of, oh my God, I'm in the water. My bone's out of my leg. Like you just, you, you know, you're just sort of focused on, I need to get out of this situation. So then my friends came and, you know, a, a random boat, which is never down by my house, happened to be there. How far off the shore were you? Not far. It was literally 100 yards. It's just a kind of a sleepy area. And there's not a lot of people that are on the water. It was 4.30 on a Friday. Anyway, and this boat came along and helped me. And then we got to the paramedics. And then they started, you know, giving me a bunch of drugs, you know, put my leg back in place and then put me in a helicopter to, to Baltimore. Wow. Were you out for a few days? Like what? How yeah, did it was next... longer than that. I was in the, I mean, I was in the hospital for 10 days. There was three surgeries in the hospital, two for cleaning the leg out for infection and debris. Um, and at that, you know, when they're doing that, your leg has to stay broken. So my leg's in traction. And then the last one was, you know, to put the femur and put a rod down my leg. Right. So yeah, it was, I mean, I've never been in the hospital. I've never had an accident. Like I've never really had a, even a, like a serious running injury or anything that's put me out. Right. So this was, I remember getting to the hospital that night and I could hear my assistant talking about canceling my speaking engagement that I had for the next week. And I'm like, don't cancel that. Like it's next week, you know, just in my head thinking they're going to fix this and I'll be fine by next week. But yeah, it's now 14, 15 weeks in. I definitely, you know, I can't bend my knee all the way. I'm walking now, but a month ago I had to go back in the hospital for uh, an infection in the leg it was another six days in there, two more surgeries. And then mm-hmm. prior to that, there was skin grafting that was being done. I had to have this wound back for six weeks after leaving the hospital for the first time. So it's in keeping my legs straight for that long. Right. So there's just all this scar tissue that gets, you know, built up. So yeah, it's been a longer road than I think I originally expected. And being an entrepreneur, it's like, oh, I feel great today. It means I'm going to feel better tomorrow and then tomorrow. And accidents aren't like that. Like it's been very nonlinear, up, up and down. down. Yeah. yeah. And just getting sort of used to accepting that and not getting frustrated by it. Right. And so how, so when did you sign up for the marathon that you signed mm-hmm. up for on March 28th? I think that's yeah, unbelievably incredible. Well, the sign up part was easy. The running part will be difficult. <laughs> but see. the mindset yeah. was not easy. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, it was three or so weeks after the accident and I just wanted an audacious goal that was going to keep me sort of focused and 
you know, wanting to feel like knowing like running a marathon again will make me feel like back to my athleticism. Right. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of training. And so, you know, doing a solid core class, like I'm like, I'll be able to do that soon. Like I'm not concerned about getting back to class and motivating myself to work out. Like I crave it. I need it. But the marathon thing will be challenging because it's going to be a different type of, you know, training and, you know, relearning some things. And my goal is, is just to finish and hopefully be able to run the whole thing. But the cool thing is, you know, when I signed up for it, my boyfriend's like, do you want me to run this with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. And then I sort of asked a couple other people and and they're like, yeah, well, I'll do it. And I'm like, okay. And then I started to post on social media of like, this is what I'm doing. These people have committed. And I started just like tagging folks. And pretty soon dozens and dozens and soon 100 and then 200. And now there's 260 plus people who have signed up to do this marathon or half marathon component with me at the end of March, Lululemon Which is has, incredible. Yeah, it's, I mean, this community of people who've wanting to step up and support. Yeah. And also, like, this isn't about me. It's about, I might have been the impetus right. for them to realize, oh, if, you know, Anne's going to do this through her broken leg, like, I know that I can overcome my thing too and let's do it together as a unit and as a yeah. team. So, yeah, it's been pretty great to see all the messages from folks of why they're signing up and why they want to do it with, with us end of March. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the most powerful things about running and athleticism is that no matter what, no matter where you stand in the world or what your opinions are, what your thoughts are, like you have that in common. It's just about running. That's it. It's Mm -hmm. about running. It's about supporting other runners. It's about cheering people on. It's about helping people reach their goals. I mean, the power of running is just, it's so cool. You know, even when I'm out on the West Side Highway and I see other runners, everybody's like, hey. What's I know. There like is- the Iron- when I wear my Ironman hat, yeah. you know, there's always like that peace sign that people do when you're an Ironman. Yeah, people, it is weird about running when you watch. It's sort of like you've got this thing in common and you know each other and like you know the kind of person that is. It's out yeah. there running in the morning or the heat or whatever. And like there's just this automatic like head nod or smile yeah. that you, it's like your person. It's like, yeah, a, yeah it's like your people that, that do what you do and understand the sport. And I also think, you know, runners are ambitious. They are dedicated. They are committed. And they're looking to like constantly advance themselves and see what they're made of. And I think those are all really great characteristics of people to possess. It's totally incredible. And so now in terms of your getting back to running, I would do the same thing that you did. Like I would sign up for a race like and get on board to set some goals. I mean, even if I didn't get injured, like I still Mm -hmm. for my for my life, for my career, for everything that I do, I need to have races because those are the goals you can set that Mm -hmm. you can achieve, that you can, you know, with work or business and everything else, you never know what's going to happen, even if you do the work, Yeah, you know, to be able to like do the work and then get the results. Yeah. 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 uh, Agree. Cool. I might do the marathon with you. <laughs> you should. Anybody listening I don't know should. if I'm going to like it, but uh, I'm I mean, doing my first one Yeah, in New York in November, City. you said that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just going to be, I think it's going to be this love fest all weekend of people celebrating their hard work and their accomplishment and each other and just like showing up for one another when things get hard. And yeah, they were going to have like this big party afterward and yeah. Lululemon sponsoring us. I was going to and- say, Lululemon, that was pretty amazing. I mean, I saw... I saw everything happening on Instagram, Mm -hmm. right? So I saw you post that you signed up for the marathon. And then I saw that Lululemon was going to pay for 10 entries. And Mm -hmm. then Solid Core offered to pay for 30 entries. And now you have, like you just said, 
almost 250 people or yeah, more 260. than 260 yeah i think 261 I, think past, I mean i hope we get to 500 but I, I think our goal is 300 and what's the course what's the course of the dc marathon yeah so it's the rock and roll marathon it starts at the mall and then just makes it way through the different quads and end down in anacostia which is kind of cool so is it flat or is it's it pretty flat and yeah. there's only one hill that goes up and then you're running flat and downhill the rest of the way have so. you done this race before no this is my first i've done the half marathon version of this but i've never done the the full but so I've done the Marine Corps a couple of times. So are you going to do a half before? I don't know. Potentially. That will be a good, you know, obviously we'll do that distance in my training. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not signed up for a race for that just yet. Just because I don't know the timing of like when I'm going to be actually running again. Like I'm legit still working on flexion and bending my knee and mobility. Yes. And then I got to start working on strength. But I got to get, I got to get all, I got to walk normal first, which I'm right. still not doing. And yeah, there's and you just started your PT, you said I did. I mean, I started it for the first time before the infection. But yeah, I just started again after the infection piece. So so yeah. what do you think? Like, so you don't know the timeline, but I mean, pretty much like that's the process. And then as you get closer, you'll start trying to run. Yeah, I mean, I will run whenever I feel able to. There's this balance with recovery of good pain and bad pain and pushing yourself and you know because I'm, I'm playing the long game here right, right. this isn't yeah, about it's not about the yeah so I want you know I want to be healthy forever obviously after this <laughs> so it's not like I don't look at a day and like oh I have to get this done today like it's just it's a different sort of mindset so I'm paying attention to how my body feels yesterday I took a pretty big rest day and I, I walked a lot the day before and I did class solid core on my own the day before that and my body was just kind of feeling it. So I was like, you know, I'm just not going to do anything today. And that is not something that's not normal for like before this injury. It was like, oh, by not doing anything, we'll go walk around the city five miles and, you know, maybe do yoga. But there's always sort of something active built in, but like a true kind of sitting, lying on my back, icing, stretching, things like that. Awesome. And just back to running and motivation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's like a great way to sort of for your mindset to keep you going. But you're super busy with Solid Core. I mean, it, you're opening more locations in New York mm-hmm. City, which we is are. exciting because one's coming down to my neighborhood. Yes. I heard. Yes. Yeah, we're opening a lot. I mean, we've got a really ambitious expansion plan. Uh, and then, of course, we've got to keep the operations going. Right. But, you know, you got to take care of what you've already built to make sure that you're not just focused on the new studio that you're getting open. Um, and I think we've got a really great sort of division of labor within the company and who's focusing on what. While I'm pretty sure, you know, no one will ever love SolidCore the way that I do, my team gets pretty close. I mean, they really care about this company in a way that like they feel like it's theirs. And I trust them a lot. So it's been great, like through the injury of not being able to maybe work at the level that I'm used to, just completely trusting in their abilities to make decisions and having the patience if there's a mistake that happens right as an entrepreneur one of the best things you have to learn to do is let go a little bit because you can't get great talent and people working for you if you're going to micromanage them like they will leave so you have to bring in this level of talent that you know is going to benefit your company and then you've got to empower them to make decisions yeah I mean I think that's like one of the hardest parts of being an entrepreneur I think is like stepping back and letting other people well, first of all, finding the right people to work for you mm-hmm. is hard. And this good talent attracts talent. So I think that's important. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, I always think people are interviewing me just as much as I'm interviewing them. And, right. and, and they should. Anybody who's going to work for somebody, I think for myself, is the 
leader and CEO founder's values line up with the company's values? How is he or she living their life that represents that? Because otherwise you just got a fake and false, you know, an empty mission statement yeah. that people aren't going to buy into. But our mission statement is to create the strongest version of yourself. And I take that responsibility really seriously. I'm also pretty open with my boundaries, personal and professional, because I don't think I should be a different person when I'm not at work. I think people are really suspect of folks like that. Because it feels, to me, it just feels fake, especially when you're an entrepreneur. Maybe if you work for a bank or something else, you know, I don't really know. That's never been an area of, of work or anything else that I've been involved in where people may have to feel like they turn it on and off. But yeah, I try to be the same person. And then that's one of the things that I think about. If you went and asked a Back on My Feet member, you know, a C-level board member from Back on My Feet, one of my employees or like you know, Michelle Obama who takes class with us, like to describe Anne, I think you'd get the same answer. And that's an important quality, I think, in a leader. And what is the what is the answer? Tenacious, humorous. You know, I'm I'm super playful. I get that from my dad. I don't take myself too seriously. I'm approachable, um, but but tough and have you know high standards of myself and the people around me. And I also like to like to win, right? If we're gonna if we're gonna if I I remember like starting solid core it's like if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it and do it better than anybody else so that means you've got to have amazing quality customer service treat your people right the best product the consistency the studios and like setting up those quality standards and delivering on them at at every point Uh, and I hold myself to those um, as well so did you ever think that you would be sitting here now having this conversation with the amount of studios that you have with Solid Core, and this isn't your first entrepreneurial endeavor. I know people ask that question. And I feel like they want me to say no, but the answer is yes. No, like, you have to say it, like yeah, you just said. I, like, I know, and it's like people want to say no because it makes them sound humble. And I'm like, I I have a good amount of humility, and my feet are on the ground. But I had a very clear vision with what I wanted to do with this company from the beginning, which is why I think it is where it is. It wasn't sort of opening one studio and then like, oh, let's see what happens with the next one if, you know, there's going to be a second. I think, and that's fine for people who want to just have one or two. There's a different lifestyle. Right. But if you want to grow and you're opening one and kind of waiting for the next one or, you know, something to happen to open the next one, you, you need the same, again, level of decision making and just like go for it attitude that you had for the first one. So we have the, the second studio opened within four months of uh, the first studio. And then since then, it's just been, you know, progressing and its expansion. And as you said, continuing to just attract these people who love this brand and company so much and want to be on the other end of like they were on the receiving end of being a client and like, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. And then we would bring on those clients as coaches so that they could provide the same level of experience and opportunity to other clients. So it was, was, yeah, it really keeps the consistency when you're hiring within your community. What inspired you? Like what kind of inspired you to put this kind Mm -hmm. of class together as a creative person? Because I'm looking around here today and obviously you are a super creative person yeah I I took a Pilates class in Los Angeles when I was there for back on my feet for work and I was just like walked in and you know super cocky because I'm an athlete I'm a marathoner and boot camps and like super fit and I thought I would try this fitness class for fun and realized how challenging Pilates you know was and moving your body slowly was And I came back to New York, which is where I was living at the time, and then started to find a class here that uh, I I started to take as well. I'm like, gosh, this is just like so amazing for my body. 
but I felt like it was missing the athleticism to it. Like the intensity piece that I, that is a big part of who I am. And I felt that there was opportunities to increase that level of intensity with it. So I decided I wanted to open a studio in DC and opened in November, 2013 and just sort of changed you know a few things and um, really focused on getting your body and your muscles to muscle failure and I don't have a background like I'm not a physical therapist you know I you know, my my background is like I don't have a, a, a NASM certificate like I'm not a personal trainer by trade I'm an entrepreneur one of my first sort of hires was somebody who was much more well-versed in this area than I was that, you know, work together with to build this amazing training program. And she's got such knowledge of the body and really sort of listening and working together with wanting to build this athlete's workout that would supplement a lot of people's activities, runners, bikers, you know, triathletes, anybody else from endurance standpoint to really build up those slow twitch muscle fibers. And then you've got folks who do solid core as their primary workout because of what it does to their body, how strong they feel and what it, how it makes their body look. That's awesome. And were you just sort of, you know, we, you had mentioned that when you started, you didn't sort of wait to see if it worked and you weren't sitting there thinking like, maybe I'll launch another studio in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked with a lot of popular studios here in New York City mm-hmm. to help launch their brands early days. And that is commonly their strategy for many reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's very expensive. Real estate is expensive. You also don't, you know, it was also early days. Like we're talking, you know, five even 10 years Mm -hmm. ago when people were starting these concepts. And I feel like in 2013, it was, um, it was right around the time where if you were smart enough, you would know that if you were going to start a concept, like what you did, you had to start, you had to come out and like flash on all the lights. Like you're at a, that philosophy or saying, you know, when you, you know, turn the lights on, everything is ready to roll. Yeah, and I think also I believe in the power of momentum a lot. And we were busy from the beginning. I mean, our classes were just packed. There wasn't really boutique fitness in D.C. five and a half years ago. Like there was no SoulCycle, no Flywheel, you know, no Berries, no Rumble. And I know some of these things weren't in New York either. But we were really one of the first sort of concepts there. And I knew from living there from grad school and stuff, just it's an affluent area. People are totally obsessed with working out and fitness. And I just sort of thought there was a niche that was missing there around community in this way of working out that was going to blow people's mind. And so because we were so busy right away, it was just like, great, we're, we're going. Get the second studio open and then get the third studio open. And then the fourth, you almost, even though the product and the quality and, and the studios and the company does really well, you almost convince people that like, oh, second studio so fast. They must be doing really well. Let me go. Try, I, want, I should go try that. Oh, there's a third one already? You know, it sort of tells, I've been seeing this a lot and I already have three studios. Maybe this is something I should try. So all of that momentum builds off of each other. Yes. And I think can be very beneficial to growth. Yeah. I th- I'm a huge fan of momentum. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely think that you have to just keep going. And mm-hmm. I feel like that comes, a lot of that comes from having an athletic mindset. Yeah. I think you learn that in training. It's like you have to push to the edge and... Mm-hmm you know, you don't have anything left. Like you have to dig deep and push harder. I don't know if you have any metaphors from running. Yeah. It's like the whole take one mile at a time. You know, you got to finish the mile two before you get to three. Um, and I think too, when the, the hills and the potholes, like when you're climbing up a hill, what goes up must come down. Right. So like, 
you know you're not going to be climbing this hill forever. There's tons of metaphors that help you with life and running and business and all of that stuff. But you're right. It is this mindset. And a lot of, you know, entrepreneur athletes, you've just got to allow yourself to know that you're never going to have everything figured out. Like a lot of people wait to make decisions or do something until they're like, okay, I know everything about everything to do with this business. And even if you think that you do, you're going to get surprised. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that. Oh my God, there's a lawsuit. Someone just sued me. That wasn't part of my plan. Because a lot of it is retroactive in the beginning of responding to these elements that you don't plan for. And it's inevitable. Right. Now you're here in New York for mm-hmm. a couple of days or? Yeah, for a couple of weeks, actually. A couple yeah. weeks. Trying to, trying to, as I mentioned, trying to live up here, but travel makes it a little bit more challenging. And just the summer of having to be close to Baltimore for all the appointments. But for yeah, your, fall and winter, yeah. yeah, I hope to be spending at least 50% of the time in New York. Is that because uh, you're opening up several studios here or because you love New York? Yeah, it's both. I mean, yes, I want to be here because it's a really important market for us and I want to have a presence as the the CEO and DC is so easy to get to because it's the train. So obviously I'll be spending time there too. Yes, obviously, you know, I love New York and I think it's great to change things up every now and then. I've been in DC for over six years now this time. So I think it's good to get into new environments. Yeah, that's awesome. You do when you're not walking and running and training and I know. working like, what, do I do? what do I do lately with my accident or what do I do yeah both besides watching the U.S. Open I know, I know. we're like <laughs> yeah so you're now. going to the U.S. Open mm-hmm. tonight yeah awesome so yeah so besides going to the U.S. Open yeah. and going to solid core and walking mm-hmm. and running what are you doing in your downtime yeah I mean I I like to of course read and there's been more of that now than maybe not before but when I'm and just super active I like to snowboard in the winter I like to play a lot of volleyball in the summer which I didn't get to do obviously this time but most weekends it's like eight to ten hours of volleyball if it's a nice weekend down in DC um, which is just a great sort of community from that standpoint um yeah, you know, involved in back on my feet and was doing, you know, a good amount of stuff with them in the spring, raising money when I ran this marathon, spending time with my boyfriend, obviously being social with my friends, trips, experiences, things that like, I, I, I have a good curiosity about the world, which has made, frankly, this injury tough of having to sort of be a little bit more immobile and not move around, even from a travel perspective of just... Mm-hmm. Because I can't go, like, I can't go to a city right now and walk for miles. Like, I just, it's not, it's not, it's not there for me yet. So this summer has, yeah, been a little bit more about documentaries, reading. So what kind of books, what have you been reading? God, what have I read this summer? Right now I'm reading Sapiens. I was reading Untrue. Okay. (laughs) Untrue is a great book about female sexuality and monogamy and what is sort of the history of all of that and a lot of stuff in there that people think that they know Mm -hmm. is not true. It's just sort of marketing and putting a lot of things in your brain. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not done with this book yet. I'm halfway through of the tragic life of Robert Peace, which is a true story about this black man who grew up in the hood, but brilliant, went to Harvard. So I'm in the middle of that book. I mainly like to read books to do that are um, nonfiction. That's usually my my MO and a lot of sort of self-help kind of books and a lot of podcasts. Like I love listening to podcasts too. They are an easy way when you are walking around. When I'm getting, frankly, a massage for my leg, I always put in a podcast. What kind of massage do you do? Do you do myofascial massage? I, I, I do like deep tissue okay. and um, I, there's someone that actually was just here yesterday and normally when I'm not injured, yes. 
a, a massage therapist will like come and like move your fascia. Yeah. So she has this tool that she uses to do that and like That's makes, awesome. yeah, makes your skin all red and things like that. Dry brushing. Yeah. I have a dry brush here too. Most of my life does around, evolve around adventuring and being active and obviously running my business. When you started your business, that was kind of like the last time you had done a marathon and mm-hmm. You know, when I talk to other founders that are in the fitness business, a lot of their personal fitness gets put on the side to dedicate all of their mm-hmm. energy and time into the business they're building. And mm-hmm. I personally and I personally had experienced that on my own. Like sure. when I, you know, I was, you know, I have two companies and then I decided to start a podcast mm-hmm. and I was training for triathlon and that I couldn't do four. I could do three, sure. but I couldn't do four. And I literally stopped training and then I was kind of lost like Mm -hmm. even though I had the podcast and I was really excited about it it was really hard for me to not have a coach and to not have a training routine or races lined up or some goals that I had even though I have goals Mm -hmm. in my business it's like without the goals from sports and training nothing else works so I don't know if I guess I can relate to that like starting a business and I think it's like a common thing but you know, how do you, I mean, I guess how you overcame it was just signing up for a race. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, my business is fitness. So being in my studios and working out is really important to my, to the brand and the company. So it was sort of, and I, that's the kind of entrepreneur I am. Like I met, I push all my food together. So you're not going to find me compartmentalizing my life. Right. And because I'm like, well, if I really love this, then I should do it more often. I'm like, oh, I can make it into a business. Um, and that's just for myself. But I think, yeah, a lot of, you know, recently too, just with the injury and things. And, um, I was sort of reflecting earlier this week and even in college, like I was just so into, and it was all just about how much can I get done in a day? How many things can I be involved in? How many, you know, whatever. And that was a time and place. And now I'm much more focused on quality. I don't need to have 25 different things going on because right. when you do, you don't really make a lot of progress with that stuff. Right. And you can feel, oh, I'm accomplishing this, I'm involved in this, and you have these lists of things that you're doing. But I have found, especially with Back of My Feet and Solid Core, once I've sort of decided to do those things, it was majority of my time and it, that is why they have become successful entities and foundations and organizations and do really well because the focus is there and it doesn't matter for me if it's a Saturday or a Sunday or 10 o'clock at night. It's a priority. It's like having children, I'm sure, when it's yeah. like like it's just sort of this everyday kind of thing that you've chosen to make a priority that you know you're going to have to switch things around for. And Solicor has been that way for me. So it's, it's, my life is much more about finding the quality things that I really like to do and choosing to put energy into that and saying no to stuff. And I'm like, that's just, I'm, I'm not going to find enjoyment of that. I'd frankly rather take a nap. I'm not even right. kidding. Yeah. Or read a book or watch the open or just like hang with my boyfriend rather than sort of be like, oh, I did this thing and now I sit on this board of something that I really don't kind of care about, but I'm doing it anyway so I can say that I'm doing it. And a lot of people get caught up in that aspect of things for their... Do you have any advice for someone who is like you, a serious athlete, hardcore business person who is moving forward with momentum, but then if you get injured, how do you get yourself out of the very sad Mm -hmm. mindset of, you know, accepting what has happened and then kind of 
going forward back to your normal momentum. Yeah, it's weird. There there hasn't, it's like days of sadness haven't happened. There have been days of anger and mm-hmm. frustration for sure. And, you know, relinquishing control, but, you know, everything else, because everything else in your life, like my business, right, I get to, I'm the end all be all decision maker. I can decide a lot of things and I make decisions for my life, how I spend my day, you know, doing this podcast with you. Like no one is telling me, what my priorities are. I have been in charge of that since the last 12 years of my life of being a CEO and not having a boss. Um, And so not being able to like do that with your injury and just having to be like, it's going to take as long as it takes. I'm going to focus on the right things, eat healthy, sleep. And like sleep has been like a top priority for me. Like if you guys want a really good podcast, there's Peter Atia, The Drive with uh, Matthew Walker is a six-hour podcast, but it's about how imperative sleep is to your brain function, to even later in life with Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, if you're sleeping four or five hours a night, like stop bragging about it. Like you're killing yourself. You should be right. sleeping eight hours a night. And I take, again, that super seriously, sometimes nine with my injury. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it was about changing some expectations about what I can and cannot do and then focusing on the things that I can do and doing them really well and being like you know what like if this summer is a little bit more relaxed than normal what a luxury you know like I'm going to look at it as a different way sort of I'm just going to embrace this and be a little bit more low-key and as soon as I'm ready and healthy like my next summer I'm like already planning is like you know, again, I want to play volleyball as much as I can. I want to go climb Kilimanjaro. I want to go do lots of camping. I want to challenge my body. And right now I can focus on sort of this personal growth, emotional, mental growth, intellectual growth of reading these different things, um, connecting with my friends more, of having sort of deeper conversations. And yeah, just like content more than athleticism. Was there ever a moment in in your mind where you were like, oh, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to be able to run or never, never. Right. Like you never never went there. Mm -mm. No, you can't go there. Yeah. And I think, you know, learning, even talking to my doctors, just because again, it was my first injury and learning that the majority of people that get in a major accident actually just accept their accident and they don't want to do PT and they don't want to do any recovery work. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm pro-choice. Yeah. I can understand people who are pro-life. I'm like, I can understand where you're coming from. Like, right. I really try to have an open mind on things. That, to me, is something that, like, I I really have a hard time grasping of why you wouldn't try as hard as you can to come back even stronger than your injury. And, yeah, it's going to take work. But, like, I love doing the work. It's my favorite part. Yeah. And just at least trying, you know. But it has never been... Uh, no, it has never entered my head of, oh my God, what if I can't run again? Oh my God, what if I can't do this again? Not once. I don't want to like jinx anything about <laughs> my running or training, but um, I don't understand how, when I heard that you signed up for a race, like mm-hmm. I had to meet you because honestly, like that's what I would do. And I think I don't understand people who don't want to get better or get stronger I've seen so many people get injured, especially as a triathlete, like people crash on their bikes a lot, Yeah, you happens. know, and they get back and they, they, they're like doing ultra marathons right. or maybe they stop riding, but that's not everyone in the yeah. world. And the thing about pain, whether yeah. it's, it's physical pain or emotional pain or whatever, 
it can be all consuming if you let it. And you also get to start to thinking like, nobody else has this problem. I'm the only one and no one else feels like this. And you're just not that special. I mean, people have broken their femurs before. People have had compound femur fractures before. People have had a lot worse injuries than I have before and have had to work a lot harder than, you know, I'm going to work or that I have working and will continue to work to get through my injury. So you make a choice and everybody has one. You either complain and play the victim card, even if the accident, which most accidents aren't, like I was sitting on a jet ski. Someone ran into me. It's very easy to be like, this was not my fault. Or you take responsibility for what happened and you can't choose everything what happens to you, but you can choose how you respond to it and say, listen, this, this happened. Me trying to debate, you know, whether whose fault it is or why it shouldn't have happened or why me doesn't change the reality of the situation. Right. So who do I consult? What do I have to do? What is my plan? What do I want for my life? And how do I get there? And every day, like it is the number one focus, like, my heal- healing myself, getting myself back to where I am, solid core, my relationships, my family, like that takes precedent over everything. That's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, I, I completely think that everybody should get on board with that philosophy. Yeah. For sure. Well, you'll end up sad and depressed and like, again, yeah. if you just, if, and some things, again, we don't choose, but if you just think about the choices you're making that are contributing to your state Yes. And take some responsibility for that. It becomes really empowering because you know you actually have a decision to make. And if you're choosing to stay in the dark room with the curtains closed all day, that is a choice you're making. Right. You know, maybe take a small step and open the curtains or, you know, do do something that's going to change your current situation because there are always things you can do to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. This has been really great. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.